Good morning. It's Wednesday, May 5th. I'm Shemita Basu. And I'm Duarte Geraldino. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. Donald Trump will not be allowed back on Facebook for now. That's according to Facebook's oversight board, which released a statement today. The former president's accounts were suspended after the January 6th insurrection. The board says it's upholding the company's decision to restrict Trump's access to his Facebook and Instagram accounts, but it goes on to say it's not appropriate for Facebook to impose an indefinite suspension. It's asking Facebook to review the matter within six months. House Republicans are weighing whether to remove Representative Liz Cheney from her leadership post. When pro-Trump rioters stormed the Capitol in January, Cheney was one of the most prominent Republicans in office to demand the party break ties with the former president. She's at the center of a Republican debate over what role Trump should play in the party's future. The tension is escalating. Yesterday, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy was on Fox News. I have heard from members concerned about her ability to carry out the job as conference chair, to carry out the message. We all need to be working as one if we're able to win the majority. Remember, In a hot mic moment caught before the interview, McCarthy was much more critical. He apparently didn't know they were recording. Axios reports, he said, I've had it with her. I've lost confidence. That's a big change. Last time Cheney was under fire, McCarthy defended her and she kept her job. Now, despite speculation that Cheney is going to be pushed out of House leadership soon, she's not backing down. On Monday, President Trump again questioned the election that he lost. And Cheney responded quickly by saying anyone claiming the election was stolen is spreading the big lie and poisoning democracy. This is setting Liz Cheney up for a rematch with Trump supporters within the Republican Party. Her House GOP colleagues could take a vote on whether she keeps her leadership post in a matter of days. And this one, it may be harder for her to win. When Teresa Ruvalcaba started having pain and inflammation in her chest, she didn't seek medical attention right away. It was the summer of 2020, the early months of the pandemic. The 48-year-old factory worker didn't want to risk contracting the virus in a doctor's office or missing work and not getting that paycheck she used to support her three kids. But after six months, the pain was too much. So her son took her to the emergency room. Tests showed she had stage four breast cancer. ProPublica brings us Teresa's story to illustrate what happens when cancer isn't caught early. And doctors say they're seeing more of this after a year when people put off medical care and routine screenings. Cancer diagnoses fell, not because people were getting cancer any less often. It just wasn't getting detected. Cancer already seems to hit people of color harder. Black Americans die of cancer at a rate higher than any other racial group. And cancer is the leading cause of death for Latinos in the U.S. ProPublica's journalism shows, just like the pandemic hit these communities hardest, this surge of untreated cancers is having a disproportionate impact. 
The National Cancer Institute predicts nearly 10,000 additional deaths over the next decade from breast and colorectal cancers alone because of pandemic-related delays. Doctors are already seeing cases that would have been more treatable if they were caught earlier. Teresa waited too long to get medical care, but she wasn't the only one. Hundreds of thousands of people are thought to have put off cancer screenings. Teresa's breast cancer? It spread throughout her body. The oncologist treating her, Dr. Pam Kosler, told ProPublica, If Teresa had come in earlier, she could have gotten surgery and chemotherapy, and that probably would have been enough. But now, her cancer is not curable. Dr. Kosler also told ProPublica that Teresa's case feels very familiar. The oncologist says she saw at least 10 cases of advanced cancer in one month. She remembers one patient with a tumor pushing on his brain. He'd been afraid to go to a hospital during the pandemic. By the time he did, there wasn't much doctors could do. He was transferred directly to hospice care. In about five years, kindergarten classrooms are not going to be very crowded. New numbers show last year, U.S. births hit their lowest level in more than four decades. Government data out this morning shows births dropped 4% in 2020. The Wall Street Journal looks at what's behind this, and demographers they talk to say there's a lot more to it than just the pandemic. As one of them puts it, this is an extension of a trend of fewer babies that started around the last recession. One estimates that 7.6 million fewer babies were born as a result of lower fertility rates since 2007. These numbers are giving us the clearest picture of how millennials are thinking about family. This generation now accounts for the majority of women having children. And researchers say their lower fertility rates may be connected to financial insecurity and marrying later in life. Even as American births drop, it's not close to the situation in some other countries. U.S. fertility rates are still ahead of places where population has been a concern, like in Japan, Italy, and Germany. Duarte, I know you've lived in a few different places. Can you do any regional accents? I can let my New York accent slip. I remember reading this phrase, boil water, order, and people <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've definitely heard you slip into a good New York accent. Well, I really can't do accents, but you know who can? Kate Winslet. This award-winning actor is known for being a bit of an accent nerd, but even she admits that her latest project really pushed her to her limits. In HBO's new drama, it's called Mayor of Easttown. Winslet plays a detective in a working-class town in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. And this is an area with a distinct regional accent. Just listen to this clip. I understand, but I'm a detective sergeant, which means I investigate the burglaries and the overdoses and all the really bad crap that goes on around here. I'm sort of hearing something in the vowels. I used to live on the outskirts of Philly in a place called Roxborough. Mm -hmm. And I know you lived in Philly for a few years, Shamita. Yeah, I did. What do you think makes this a Delaware County accent? I mean, to my ear, tell me if you agree, it's all about the O's in this clip. So just listen again. The burglaries and the overdoses. You hear that? It's not overdoses, it's overdoses. Oh. It's very, very subtle, but it's got a lot of Delco natives saying that she really nailed it. One person on Twitter called Winslet's pronunciation of overdose 
quote, a wonder of the world. For people who are familiar with this hyper-specific, hyper-local accent, this is kind of an unexpected delight. So often actors who are supposed to be playing characters from Pennsylvania, they just put on a New York accent and call it a day. But Mm -hmm. Winslet, she wanted to get it right. She told the L.A. Times during filming, she requested a driver with a strong native accent to help her practice. And you've heard her slip into so many different voices over the course of her career. She's done a German accent, an Armenian-Polish accent, a a Brooklyn accent for sure. And she's worked with the same dialect coach for 25 years now, who says an accent isn't a costume that you just put on. It's a living thing. And it takes work to make it feel like it's organically coming from the character. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And while you're there, check out some of our audio stories. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.